If you have your Bibles, you can open them. If you don't, I'm just going to throw this scripture. And it was our Advent reading that my family and I did when we came up here. And it's in Luke 2, 1-8. And it says, In those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place as Quirinus was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house in the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. A little intro into the next section. Have you ever heard the song Silent Night? Yeah, most of everybody who has the ears or have played the radio, we've heard the song Silent Night. There's this, this phrase that comes on or this, this chorus that says, Silent Night, Holy Night, all is calm, all is bright. My question to you is this. So there is this baby born. Have you ever been there for a birth? Have you ever been there for a birth? birth? Ladies, for you have kids, you're like, yeah, I've been there. Don't remind me. <laughs> if you've been there, it's anything but silent. It's anything but calm. It's anything but even peaceful. Like, you know, I saw my wife have four kids. Um, she didn't look like she was having a cup of tea. Like, she, she looked like it, there, was, there was some pain that was happening. Uh, and for, there's fainting sometimes. Women puke when this happens. There's yelling at your beloved husbands, why did you do this to me? Um, then the epidural happens and like the edge, you know, it ceases a little bit. For the fathers, like, well, I wasn't calm. Like, I wasn't, like, peaceful. Um, there was this silence, this fear almost. Like, with our firstborn, like Malachi, he had to be in an emergency C-section. And so when it's an emergency, it's not good. And so you are living in this fear of what's going to happen to this child? What's going to happen to my wife? And so I remember she was rushed into the, to the, to the emergency room, and I then come in after, and all I see is just her head, and then this, like, white cloth up to the sky. And then there's these cords just running across, like, by her head, and they give me this little stool to sit down by her head. And so I sit down by her head, and then there's blood going through one cord, and then um, there's buzzers going off, and I'm like, oh my goodness, and I almost fainted. First time, I'm like pretty good with these types of things, these squeamish things, but I was sitting there, and like, I'm going down, like, this is not good, and they're going to need to put me right next to my wife here, and so I was like, I was like, I can't faint, I can't do this, I gotta, I gotta, I don't want to fall over, I don't want these cords to go everywhere, we're already in enough panic with what's happening, um, and so the birth happened. They got Malachi out, and then we had this wonderful baby boy. Like, birth is it's unbelievable. It's crazy. It, there's lots of panic. There's lots of unknown. There's lots of pain I can only imagine from, you know, the only pain I experienced was the punches. But, you know, like, my wife, I imagine she was in pain. And so this birth was no different. I'm sure Mary had pain. I'm sure Joseph, he was in a panic. I'm sure there was like, this is, there was some stress that was happening. Like, she had to have this baby in a barn. It was like you, us going to Kelowna and be like, okay, we're going to have this baby. We go to Kelowna. The husband walks in to the, the hospital and he, and he comes back out. And they're like, you know what? We don't have any rooms for you, but we have this really nice spot in the alley. 
Um, we've got some boxes laid out, and so it, it's a good place to have a baby, I think. But, and then there was animals, and we saw in that kid's video, like, this is not stuffed animals. These were real, live animals. So I can't imagine it was easy to watch your new baby being born while you're watching a cow make a cow patty. And so, like, there's just so much that's happening on this night. And all of our songs are about peace. They're about joy. They're about calmness. They're about hope. But the situation of a birth is, is, quite, is quite amazing. So what made this night so peaceful? Why was it so calm? Why do we say these in our songs? It wasn't about the situation surrounding the birth. It was about who had come. Who was being born? Who was arriving? This baby was being born. This baby Jesus. This child that was prophesied from the beginning of time that he was going to come and he was going to save the world. The one who will come, who will feel that longing in our hearts. There's some of us, we all have this, sometimes we have this longing in our hearts for something more. We're like, something's missing in my life. And we, we search for it, we search for it, we search for it. Sometimes you might feel like that right now. Like, I'm not ever going to find this, this thing that I'm longing for. The one who would come, who creation even longed for, like the world, the, the, everything was yearning for this, this child to come, Jesus. The one who would finally bring peace. All we have to do is just recognize this, this, this baby, this Jesus, as king, as Lord, as Savior. This child brought peace to us. This is what the songs are about. All is calm. All is bright. This child now, the Savior. And this story, it shows us a picture of life with Christ. It shows us what life with Christ looks like. Jesus brings peace to our lives. Yeah, we might feel like the situation around Mary and Joseph is crazy. And it was crazy. Like they had to, they had to flee. They couldn't, like, they, when Jesus was born, they had to keep him in hiding for a bit. They were looking to kill this child. But they had this peace, this joy to their soul. Maybe you're looking at your life around and you're like, oh, it's a bit crazy. Maybe you feel guilt. Maybe you feel anxiety. Maybe you feel worried, threatened. Maybe a bit of confusion. Maybe you're battling uncertainties in your life. Those are all things that threat to our peace. But it says, Paul says this in the Bible. He says, God wants to guard your hearts and your minds. He guards them with his peace. He guards them with in a way that goes beyond like how we can understand and how we, we even fathom peace being here. And he does this when we take our anxieties to him in prayer and we trust him and we believe in this, this, this one who has come, this one who has arrived. How can this be? How can he bring us peace? It just doesn't make sense. In the Old Testament, when Israel was in need, God would say these I am statements. They're very like profound statements like I am this. To remind them that what they lacked or needed, God was the great I am. He would fulfill that. He would fill that need for them. If there was an impossible circumstance that they were facing in Israel, God said, I'm Jehovah Jireh. What does that mean? It means I am your provider. It might seem impossible, but I will provide. Maybe the coolest I am statement you have heard up to this point was when Darth Vader said, Luke, I am your father. But these are some pretty amazing I am statements that we're going to get into here. 
for all that I need, for all that I lack, for all that I could never be in myself, Jesus is our great I am. He is everything we need. In the Gospel of John, Jesus very clearly takes the name I am and he applies it to himself, this, new, this child. He says, I am these things now. And then throughout the Gospel, he applies the name to our greatest areas of brokenness where we feel we need him the most. There's many of these. It says, to those who are hungry, he says, I am the bread of life. You're like, what does that mean? We're hungering for something. We're yearning for something. And Jesus says, I fulfill that. I am the bread of life. He says, for those who thirst, he says, let him come to me and drink, for I am living water. It's like, what do you mean? God just, you know, I come to Jesus, he hands me some aquafina. No, we're thirsting for something more. We, 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 we're just, there's something deep within us that knows that there's something more. And Jesus is like, I am that. To those in darkness, this is clear. Jesus declares, I am the light. For those who need a fresh start, John, it says, he says, Jesus, I am the door. You walk through this, there's, there's new life. To those who feel abandoned, he says, I am the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. I'll, lay, I'll go after that one. He's like, I'm there for you. To those who feel lost, he says, I am the way. Come to me, I am the way. To those confused, he says, I am the truth. To those afraid of death, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. For all that we aren't, for all that we need, for all that we fear, for all that we crave, for all literally that we can ever not feel, Jesus is the great I am in our lives. To those who know him and accept him and have Jesus in their lives, we can live in the fullness of this, knowing that he fills in those gaps. Maybe some of you today are like, yeah, I've made the commitment once, but it really isn't working for me. Look, the properties of the Lord have become yours through this commitment. But I want to leave you with this analogy. What if I, I made the commitment to my wife? I want to, let's get married. We get married, and I'm like, awesome, we're married now. But I'm like, you know what? This is cool and all, but I'm going to continue to live in Pittsburgh, where I'm from, and you can continue to live with your parents in Saskatchewan. We would have phone conversations every once in a while, and I, I'd begin to learn some things about her. I made a commitment to her, and now I can have phone conversations every once in a while. But the way our relationship will grow, my wife and I, is if I dwell with my wife, if we live together, if we spend time together, if we learn about each other by simply being around each other. So maybe you've made the commitment, but maybe actually need to completely give yourself to the commitment. I'm going to invite the, the band back up, and we're going to sing a couple songs as we close here. I just want to leave you with this as you head out to your homes and celebrate with your family. Maybe for those who don't have a relationship with Christ, he wants to be all those things to you. He wants to be those I am's to you. So as you accept him as your Savior, he'll fulfill those. You can tell a lot about a relationship with someone by what you call them. Some people call me Mr. Crowy. My last name's actually Crow, but there's an E on the end, and so they pronounce it very literal. Mr. Crowy. No, it's Crow, like Russell. <laughs> Pastor Jeremy. Sometimes when I go back home, I call it Jumbo. I wasn't a fat baby. Um, like uh, our grandpa gave us all names. I said grandpa, but. Jumbo, he called me Jumbo. Four little people, they call me Dad. Sometimes they call me Dad, but really sometimes they call me Baldy. Um, 
One person calls me Mr. Gorgeous. That's me. But it's actually when I ask my wife to call me Mr. Gorgeous, and, so, and she obliges. So the real question as you go home today, as you go home to celebrate with your families, as you think about what, what's this all about, what do you call Jesus? Do you call him Savior? Do you call him Father? Do you call him Lord? Is he those I am to you? He really wants to be those I am's for you. This is why we come. We sing these songs. We celebrate. We follow Jesus. He's our Savior. He's the one who has laid his life down for us.